bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. Restoration return is not always easy. Getting things to work as they used to be is not always easy. And for him, it was tough. And then he gets to the area where his father's house is. I'm sure the moment he entered the territory, he's now praying. If he's a Pentecostal charismatic, he's praying in tongues, praying the spirit. If he's forgotten to pray in tongues, he's now remembering. Praying. Having all night prayer meetings, fasting, seeking for God. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. So now he's in his father's house. And let's see the reaction from the father's house. And for me, as a church, this is the most important part of this message. Because all the other steps is taken by people who are returning. Now what about those the people are returning to? What is our attitude? And three things I want you to note about what happened in the father's house. First, let's look at Luke chapter 15, verse 20 to 24. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and in sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. What a reception. What a welcome. Three things I want you to note is the first is reception. How he is received. He's seen and he's welcome. The father sees him. He's seen. He's welcome. And the passage says that the father was so full of compassion when he saw him. That he ran to him, fell on his neck, and kissed him. That's reception. There is no, I told you so. So finally, you have realized I'm the father. Eh? When you were here doing your Now you've come back. You know there is a father somewhere. There's nothing like that. Reception is how you are treated at the entrance. And sometimes, you know, in a church, we can also be very nasty to people who are returning. So if there is a church member here, 
who left, maybe he was with you and said, you people, you are all lost. I'm going to find the real world and I'm going to have fun. And, you know, for a season he's having fun and all of that. And then life hits him very badly. And now he's very disturbed. And finally he decides to come back to church. And you see him outside. Some of us will look at him. Hey, finally you are coming back to church, eh? Now you know there is church. Look at you. You see how you suffered. But that's not how we receive people back to the father's house. We don't receive with condemnation. We don't receive with guilt. We don't receive by pointing out their mistakes. We receive as this father received. He receives because he sees the person, goes out to the person, and welcomes the person. If you see anybody who used to be a member of this church, who left and is coming back, don't ask him embarrassing questions. Go to him and welcome him. We're so glad to have you. So honored to have you in church today. I trust you will enjoy the service. May God touch your life as you enjoy the service. Say something warm and nice to the person. Don't point out their mistakes because people who have messed up they know they have messed up. Are you following that? People who have messed up, they don't, they don't need you to tell them. They, they know they've messed up. Don't you know when you've messed up? Don't you? I'm asking you, don't you? Whom do you think I was asking? It's you. If you mess up, you know you've messed up. You don't need somebody to pontificate on your messing up. Because you're already coming with guilt on top of your head. And the father showed how to receive the lost son. And I believe this should be the attitude of every church. Every house of God must be like the father's house. Those who are wayward come and we don't rebuke them. And we don't fight them. And we don't belittle them. We welcome them. You say, but how are they going to learn their mistakes? They learned their mistakes before they came. You're not the one to teach them their mistakes. They already knew they were wrong. That's why they've come back. And if you look at the father's attitude, he doesn't even say repent. He doesn't even say pray. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk about all of that. All he does is unconditional welcome. Why? Because he knows how tough it is for his son to come back smelling like a pig and coming back home. It's tough for you to be wayward and go back. If somebody used to be in this church and backslided and is coming back, listen, it's taking them months to arrive at that decision. They've been thinking, should I go there? Should I go to another church? I go, nobody knows me. Should I go? How would they treat me? Oh, what I, what, and all of that. They, they've debated and debated and debated and debated and debated. And one Sunday, he gets up. He says, I will go back. Has his bag, puts on his clothes and comes here. He already knows he has messed up. We're not the one to point his guilt to him. He knows it. So that's the first thing. Reception. How we receive people. But the second thing, very interesting, is repentance. 
repentance. He confesses wrong. The father didn't ask him to. The father received him and then he repented. In other words, the father did not wait for the repentance before he forgave him. The father heard his cry in the pigsty and forgave him already. But the son also understood, I cannot take my father for granted. I cannot act as if nothing went wrong. I cannot act as if everything was perfect. I have to own up to my mistake and I have to make reparation for my mistake. I have to repent. The fact that somebody has forgiven you doesn't mean you shouldn't repent. Because sometimes, you know, we take people's love for granted. We, are treat, we take people's treatment for granted. And, and this guy has learned a lesson. I'm not going to take my father's love for granted. Although he hasn't asked me to repent, I will repent. And here is repentance is very, very total. Father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God. I am not worthy to become a son again. Just make me as one of your servants because I've realized in this house, even the lowest is better than the life I experienced. Total repentance, no expectation, not asking for restoration, not asking to be put back into the palace. He just says, I messed up, I'm just happy to be back. And that is for those who return. You don't come back with expectations. You come back just trusting in God's grace and God's mercy. And if God wants to lift you up, he will lift you up. But don't say, before I left, by the way, pastor, do you know I was a director for so-and-so and I was heading so-and-so. I'm coming back for my position. That's a wrong attitude. You don't come back with expectation. You come with repentance. But look at what happens the next. There is reception. There is repentance. And the final one. There is restoration. He is restored. He is clothed. And celebrated. He is clothed. And celebrated. The father did three important things for him. Gave him new robes. Gave him a ring. Gave him sandals. Now, for us today, they may not mean much. But every one of those things the father did in the culture at that time was very symbolic. The robe that was given to him in those days in the Jewish community, there were robes for dignified or treasured guests. It's a very, very important person comes to visit you. You put a robe on him to say, we value you. You are important. You are a special guest to our home. And so those robes will, would be in most homes and would only be given to an august visitor. And that is the robe that the father says, take and put on this boy. Interestingly, there is no note that he had bathed. Maybe they, they bathed him, but the, that is not recorded. 
So I will assume he was still in a mess when the robe was put upon him. Just to say that we know you don't smell good, but you're welcome. You are important to us. The father put the robe of honor on him. A robe reserved for people who are highly treasured, but it went to him. That's the first thing he did. The second thing he did was to give him a ring. This ring is not a wedding ring. It is the family ring. In prominent families, they will have a ring. And the ring was the seal of the family. That is what shows that this person is a son of a nobleman. And not only that, can act on his behalf. So if a son went to transact a business and people wanted to know whether they had the right to transact business, their ring will show they can represent their father. So the father says, not only are you welcome, you can represent this house. That's quite a big deal to somebody who has just come from feeding pigs. You can represent this house. You are part of this house. And the third thing, the sandal. In those days, servants and slaves did not wear sandals. Only noble people and sons, free men, wore sandals. So obviously, whilst he was away, he had lost his sandals he went with. Probably it's in the pigsty. Or he used it for gambling or did something with it. So he's walking barefoot as a servant, as a slave. And that's why he said to the father, treat me like one of the slaves. The father says, son, you're not a servant. You're not a slave. And the sign of it was give him sandals to wear. So when he walks in this house, the servants will know he's not one of them. He is my son. He has my ring and he had a noble cloth on him. And the father did all of these things for only one purpose. To celebrate his son. At no point in this journey did the son cease to be his son. He was his son when he was with him. He was his son when he left. He was his son when he was wasting his property and wealth. He was his son when he was living a prodigal life. He was his son when he was feeding the pigs. He was his son when he was returning and he was his son back home. At no point did he cease to be a son. He was his son. And he had never forgotten that this is my son. And never ever cut the son off in his life. And that is how God does to believers. When a believer backslides, at no point did they lose their salvation. At no point are they totally disconnected from God. They may sin, they may uh, rebel against him, but God always looks up to them and say, that is my child and I want him back. That is my son, I want him back. That is my daughter, I want her back. Never ever confuse people's relationship with God 
with how God sees them. This man was a son throughout and the father affirmed it in his life. This morning as we think about this story, there are people here who are struggling with their Christian life. Some come to church but they are far away from God. They just come to church just to prove a point to somebody that, oh, I went to church. But you know that your heart has been out for a long time. There are people in church who are struggling with drugs. People in church uh, who, who are living all kinds of lives. And they want to get back to God. They want to reconnect with God. They want to get back to their father. This morning I'm going to give you the opportunity to reconnect with your father. And to come back home. If you are here this morning and you say, Pastor, I want Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus will save you. But if you've prayed that prayer before, but now your Christian life is a mess. You used to be for Christ. You used to live for him. But now you're no longer living for him. He can still restore you. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I want to get back to God. I want to get back to God. I want my relationship with God to be better. I want to live for him. I, I want to live a righteous life. I want to stop living in sin. I, I want to overcome these drugs problem. I want to overcome this alcohol problem. I want to overcome this prostitution problem. I, I want to live for God. I want the good life of Jesus Christ. If that is your heart desire and that is your heartbeat, don't feel condemned and don't feel ashamed because God loves you just as you are and he would change and transform you this morning. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.